Hello and welcome to Latino Corazon. My name is Marina Castillo and welcome back. Today is June 17th, 2018. It's uh, it's Sunday and it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there. Happy Father's Day to my dad who lost his life to cancer in 1999. April 5th of 1999 to be exact. It's almost going to be 20 years and it's, I think of him always. So happy Father's Day. To all of you out there, hope you enjoyed your day. It's raining outside. It's pouring rain. And I hear it's very, very warm in California. But it's lovely here in Minnesota. St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm going to share some stats really quick with you. This topic is not a, you know, let's hit the ground and running. Let's get this podcast going. Let's get this episode going. I do not want to see another hear of another person that takes their life. It is, uh, it's beyond sad. I thought, why wait? I want to just get going on this. And so this topic is suicide. I keep just recently Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, and those are big names. Sometimes it's somebody that's local, a former student that, you know, took their life. And so it's always sad and it always takes me back because my brother took his life years back and. It was a horrible and very sad day. And I always think, what could I have done to have helped him? What were the signs? I know now, I recall him, he called me and said to me, do you need a car? Do you need it? You know, what do you need that I have? I'll give it to you. And I thought that was, I thought that's really, I was living in International Falls. I thought that, what a odd question. I'm like, no, I don't need, I'm okay, I'm good. But he was, he, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was going to do. That's one of the, the signs that somebody is going to take their life as they start to give things away, things that are near and dear to them. Let's start with some stats because I was I did some research on this to make sure I gave you lots of good info. And I was shocked to find out some of the stats that are out there. That suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. Each year, 44,000 965 Americans die of suicide. Every suicide, there are 25 attempts. That means that 25 people attempted and one actually did it. The average age of suicide is middle-aged white men. That, to me, was shocking as well. Uh, Yeah, males count for 7 of 10 suicides and an average 123 suicides per day. Firearms account for 51% of suicides. Firearms, that's crazy. I don't like to hear that. You know, maybe I'll get gutsy enough down the road to share more of my stories. I'm going to share with you some of the risk factors, some things to look for. This is why I wanted to do this episode early on. But I thought if I wait, not do this down the road and somebody has some did could have had this information that's one of the reasons i wanted to do this at the beginning of this podcast you know your family members friends very well and when somebody is at acting erratic doing things very different than they usually do that's one sign that's one of the risk factors they're not able also they're not able to sleep or they're sleeping way too much that's something else because depression kicks in when depression kicks in they can't sleep or they sleep too much a job job loss when somebody loses their job unexpectedly. It's a huge blow, not only to their financial, their family, their ego. It's so, it plays so many factors in a person's life. Relationship loss, and that could be 
death or a breakup, a divorce. That one is really, really huge because sometimes people don't know how to handle that and they don't seek their resources to help them get through that. It's a big one. History of mental illness. Mental illness can cause depression. It can cause so many things and for a person to act erratic. If you know that a person is having any of these risk factors, it's so important to make sure that you help them at least try. If a person's severely depressed, you know, be talking to them. That's a risk factor. If they wake up at 4 or 5 a.m., that's it's not a typical thing that people do. Lots of emotional ups and downs. This can be youth, adults, anybody. If somebody is not able to verbalize, talk about how they're feeling, it shows up in in a lot of ups and downs, anger, outbursts, they throw things. I mean, there's so many, so many signs. They get very angry. I already mentioned they give things away. They stay out late. They're acting reckless. They're drinking, using drugs, doing things that are out of the norm for them. If a person isn't doing, this is not typical for them, obviously, then that behavior is red flag. It could be something major happen in their life that could lead them to spiral. And also when someone says, I want to kill myself, take it serious, especially if you know them and it's not something that they would typically say. Take them serious. Always ask your kids if they are being bullied and what that means. If they don't know what bullying means, have conversations when they're very very little. Don't wait until they're older. I think a lot of depression and isolation, frustration starts really early on, actually. Just from my experiences with kids, when they get bullied, that spiral begins. Talk to them about what bullying looks like. And if you don't know, you know, there's so many resources out there. And there's always resources within schools and community centers. So don't hesitate to seek those out. If a kid doesn't have friends, I've had, over the years, I've had parents that say, yeah, my, my son doesn't have any friends. That's a huge red flag because kids want to be social. Kids enjoy being social. Pay attention to that. And what can we do as parents to help them? There's a lot of things that we can do as parents to help. That'll be on another episode where I share what our role is and can be to help our kids be more sociable and have interactions with other kids and get along with peers. Because if they're not seeing that in us, it's hard for them to then go out there and do that. One thing I would definitely recommend is that ask directly to a person, are you thinking about killing yourself? Be direct and look at their body language. Don't look away when you ask that question because if they don't respond right away and they look down or they just don't respond, you have your answer. Because somebody that does not want to kill themselves would say, no, that's crazy. Of course not. That's absolutely not. Why would you even say that? But a person that is thinking about it and doesn't have the words will just stay quiet because they might not want to hurt you either. So it's important to pay attention to that body language. When someone is thinking about suicide, they want someone to care. They want someone to pay attention. Remember, they're lonely. They're isolated. They're depressed. They're down. They don't feel like there's any way out. So if you know that this person is thinking about it, don't leave them alone. It's so important not to leave them alone. And something else to do as well is to make sure that the house is safe if they have admitted that they want to do this. And how you make the house safe is you hide medications, remove guns, bullets, 
knives, sharp objects, and remember, do not leave them alone. A lot of the behavior is for seeking attention without verbalizing. Uh, really what they want to say is, I need attention, I need affection, I need love, I need, I need something. They may not even know what they need. They can't say, I am hurting. And when I think of Anthony Bourdain or Kate Spade, who just took their lives. I recently discovered Anthony Bourdain a couple years ago, and I was so excited to watch his show. He was a no-nonsense guy. He didn't want to travel to that country and be on tours and go sightseeing. That wasn't him. He wanted to meet the people and know their food and eat their food. And he loved that. He loved food and people. I would watch the shows and I would always say, he looks so depressed. He looks so sad. And he was drinking like a fish. Take those shots and I always wondered how can he put that many shots in his body and alcohol and still stand up and walk away. But all towards the end of the show, he would say something that really was uh, like a cry for help. He would say, it's a lonely life or it's a lonely show you the hotel he was staying at, very fancy, whatever. He'd say, this is a lonely life. There's a few signs there with him. Kate Spade, I don't know anything about Kate Spade, but it doesn't matter how rich you are. And she was very wealthy, but she suffered mental illness. That's, that's very, very sad. And these things, whenever somebody takes their life, it always you know, takes me back. Brother took his life and wished again that I had done something to help him. Something you definitely don't want to do when somebody admits that they want to take their life is be negative or say anything that's mean to them because that's that's not things they need to hear. Things like, well, that's stupid. Why would you even say that? That's crazy. It's so important that you don't say anything negative. Try and say something positive, like, I'm sorry you're feeling so bad. I'm sorry you're sad. I am here for you. How can I help? What do you need? We don't very often ask a person, what do you need? I've had kids over the years that have thrown chairs, spit on people, kicked. I mean, you name it. And I really, really try to sit with them and say, what do you need? And when you ask that question, the walls come down because it's it's almost like, wow, somebody actually cares what I need. Because as adults, we're always trying to say to people, you need this, don't do that. You should try this. And this is how you should do things. We're not used to just saying, what do you need? And, you know, sitting quietly waiting for that response. Just be there for them and don't leave them alone, whatever you do. Some of the ways that you can help youth, adolescents, or an adult, especially if they're school age, schools have counselors and they have some have therapists. And you, it's so important that you know the difference because people, there's times I've asked people, well, does your child, you know, who's the count, who's the therapist? Well, they have a counselor, and I'm like, do you know if it's an academic counselor or a therapist, psychotherapist, or a mental health? Oh, I don't know. It's a counselor. It's they talk to the kids. An academic counselor helps kids with academics and know the difference. They are not trained to help kids' mental health issues. Very, very important that you know the difference. And if you need that service, this is at their school. But most parents don't know that. So they will go and do therapy outside of the school and pay for it or pay, you know, through their insurance. But if it's an adult, obviously they're going to seek help on their own. But when it's kids and adolescents as a parent we should seek that out for them and when you take them to their therapy session it's important too that as a parent that you're there for them in that session and it's best if it's family i really really believe that 
when you when a child gets therapy that the family needs to be involved because everybody is a part of the family very important of course if you're an adult and you want to do individual if that's your right and you should that's usually important but if you can do family work with a child it'll be very very beneficial there are also community resources that a lot of people don't know about and it's they're there and i mean we have here in st paul we have quite a few and they are a resource and they can connect you with outside resources to provide mental health one thing i don't want to forget about it or forget is to let you know that there are suicide hotlines out there every state county city has suicide hotlines know the suicide suicide hotline in your area it's also important to make sure that if it's a youth or an adult that they have those resources readily available and that they know that they're there for them if they should feel that they want to take their life that there are a lot of a lot of clinics or a lot of community resources receive funding to help with some of this so a lot of times people say they don't have money to go get the services that they need but there are clinics that receive federal funding to provide free mental health and other services to the community know those resources and know your community because they are there um, remember that if a school doesn't have a mental health practitioner they will provide one for uh, from an outside agency or through their district make sure that your child always has someone to talk to and if it's not you at home or, or that they can access somebody at school that is so important. There are local churches. A person can see a minister. Uh, every culture has their own healers, medicine men or women. Seek out what's already there. Don't reinvent the wheel. And trust your gut. We know our families. We know our friends. And if something's telling you something ain't right, there's nothing bad about going with it and having a conversation with that individual. Chemical imbalance in the brain is very real, but you'll never find that out if you don't you know, go to a doctor or get that person to a doctor so they can get checked out. There's been studies, and when the brain is releasing a lot of cortisol into the body, that also can be one of the uh, reasons for that chemical imbalance that may cause somebody to want to take their life. This subject is not an easy one to talk about, but I think it's important. We actually do talk about it. We know the signs and we know the risk factors and we know who's at, you know, who's at risk. Everybody, everybody can be at risk depending on the situation. Thank you for joining me today. The rain has stopped. Still very gray out. My plants and garden are loving it. And happy Father's Day. Thank you again for joining me on Latino Corazon, Marina Castillo.